Welcome to the Aristia podcast, uh, where experts talk about excellence. Our podcast uh, format includes a young professional early in their career talking to an expert for academic and industry insights. What is different about this podcast is that at some point we turn the tables and the expert asks the young professional about their agonies, their dreams, and aspirations about their field. In today's uh, podcast, we're honored to have Dr. Stratakis. He is currently the Chief Scientific Officer at ELPEN, Director of uh, Genetics and Endocrinology at NIH Clinical Center in Bethesda, Maryland. And he's also the Founder Executive Director of a new research institute in Athens, Greece, which we will learn much more about. And uh, the young professional who is going to do the interview is uh, Ms. Eleftheria Ledaki. She is currently a commer- commercialization manager at Queen Mary University of London. Eleftheria, go ahead. Thank you so much for the introduction, Samati. Uh, Dr. Satakis, it is really nice to have you here, even in- electronically. We are in different geographies, but we have brought together for this podcast. The first question for you would be about the Institute for the Advancement of Research and Education in Arts, Science and Technology. This institute has been launched a couple of months ago. What is the mission of the institute and how did it come to life? Well, thank you for the question and thank you for having me here today. I'm delighted, honored and privileged to uh, represent Aristia on this podcast. Uh, it is an association, really that we started with scientists and non-scientists that are leading uh, uh, individuals in the United States with the idea to create a team that will uh, hopefully, uh, in, in a short time, build the infrastructure for the advancement of academic excellence in education and research in Greece. We really honor what our name is, Bring Aristia, Excellence. Um, to a new structure that we hope uh, will be a different paradigm uh, in Greece, different than what has been there already. Thank you. Is there a specific role for Greek diaspora scientists uh, to date? Uh, Is there a way that they could actually support this mission? Absolutely. I mean, I think Aristea started from people that were all in the United States within the last two years. Some of us are making the leap uh, to go back to Greece, uh, but still the majority of our members are based in the United States. And um, we have actually talked to a lot of people in the United States and elsewhere in Europe uh, and around the world, Greek scientists that are uh even not born in Greece, that are have some affiliation with Greece, that uh, can and want to uh, bring something from their experiences uh, to Greece. I think it is essential for the diaspora to be involved. We are one of the largest scientific communities, ethnically speaking, and of course one with a long tradition of being in the diaspora, in other words, being outside of Greece. Greece has existed for 5,000 years, but as a country, a modern state, and with a university, it's only been around for less than 200 years. So, um, but the Greek scientists, uh, the, the intellectuals of Greece, 
have been around as diaspora ever since the Roman times. So Greek diaspora has always played a role in what Greece is today, but also in what Greece has been for thousands of years. So yes, it is a call for diaspora Greeks to uh, assist, to be involved. It's a great time, by the way, to do that for Greece today. I understand that excellence is a really important part of this network. Would you have any metrics about tech excellence? Are there any obstacles or accelerators to excellence that uh, you would take into consideration? Well, I will paraphrase a very a famous phrase. Now, it's very hard to define excellence, but when you see it, you know it, right? So I think that is what's important. We know who is excellent, and people that are excellent know it themselves. Uh, and so I'm not going to get into the very difficult discussion on how you define excellence, but as I said, when you see it, you know it. And thank God there are so many excellent Greeks out there, uh, or people that are excellent that love Greece, and so it's a call to all of them to uh, participate. I, I believe that, and the community believes that you have done impactful and excellent research in endocrinology and cancer. Uh, would you say um, what would be the main scope of your research and the main inventive aspect of it? Well, I have been involved in cancer genetics primarily all these years, started in endocrinology and then went to uh, syndromic genetics and from there focusing on cancer genetics. I um, at this point, I'm at the phase where I want to uh, set up the infrastructure for other people like you to build your own research careers. Um, I am not envisioning, I, I will continue my own research, but it's going to take um, progressively a smaller amount of time of my commitment. Uh, at this point, um, I'm building something new, and my aspiration is to have young Greeks like yourself come back to Greece, build their own careers, and um, contribute to the international science. By the way, we're not talking about creating a national uh, Greek team here. We're talking about being based in Greece, take advantage of the unique opportunities and the culture, uh, but contribute to the international uh, arena of science. Throughout these years in your research, have you found any controversies uh, in your research area? Oh, science is always filled with controversies, but I don't know, you know, what people call controversies is really the search for the truth. And um, there's no black and white in science. Uh, it's always great, right? And you, you answer one question and the next uh, question is, is, is there for you. And basically, you just go after the questions. So what people call controversial is really that search for the truth. And, uh, you know, who knows what the truth is? The beauty of being a scientist is that you keep searching. And, of course, you get answers in the way. Um, and those answers are helpful for people because I, I also want to say that science is not just for science, right? We, we are there for the common good. That's what science is all about. But science is also about searching the truth. And I think if you ask all the scientists that are successful, what excites them is the search. When they get the answer, they get another question. 
it's not so much the answer itself, but I also want to say that science is for the society. And uh, the, 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 uh, the, the answers we get are used by the society. And I understand, Lefteria, you work in tech transfer, which is extraordinarily important. That's what you do, right? You take that answer that we find, we keep searching questions, but we give you the answers and you transfer them to the society. And that's what science is all about. For the scientists to keep, ser- keep searching for you to give back to society. Who funds us? I mean, the society funds science, right? Seeking is fulfilling for scientists. <laughs> this is the way that I see it as well. So uh, I know this, this may be a bit uh, controversial question, but how do you approach faith and science from a personal point of view? Oh, well, now you ask me all the difficult questions. <laughs> uh, you know, I, it, it's hard. It's hard. Uh, I was fortunate to work at the NIH with Francis Collins, of course. And Francis has written a book about it. And for, for a scientist, it is extraordinarily important to be humble. And I think as a scientist, every day in the lab, in your experiments, in your findings, you are humbled by that amazing order out there that is nature. So I'm not going to get into arguments as to whether somebody has created that order or not. Who cares? We all recognize whether you believe in one religion or another, whether you have faith or not, we all recognize there's something out there, that nature, that has an amazing order. And I personally, and I think I know a lot of scientists, are humbled by this. I'll stop there. I mean, I think we're all humbled by the, the amazing beauty and, and wisdom of, of nature. Absolutely. And uh, in terms of the career stage that you are now, did you face any difficulties in your research uh, throughout the past, and would you have any advice for people that would experience the same? This is a very good question. Um, of course, there are difficulties, uh, but um, well, I, I followed I followed um, a couple of advices uh, or advice as a piece of advice as I um, grew up in science. One is uh, you don't really follow a path. You create the path. And I think that's a famous saying by a Spanish poet, um, Antonio Machado, if I remember correctly, who said, you don't follow a path, you create the path, uh, traveler. That's from a Spanish poem. Um, and it's so true. So, uh, and the other thing is that this path is never a straight line. You discover things, you follow what you discover, Life throws difficulties at you, and you overcome these difficulties. So you create a path. The path is not a straight line. Now, the other piece of advice is as you do that, because there's no other way of doing it, you really have to follow your heart. You really have to do what you like. This is so true for everything in life. But it is particularly true in science because of what you said, that uh, the search for the truth the discoveries are hard to find. These are not easy things to do. And science, as you know, we all know that, doesn't pay very well. 
So um, the, the you have to be excited about what you do. It, it is a it is a dedication to a field of life that it's like no other. It is a noble thing to do. It's the search for the truth. You have tremendous responsibility, and it is difficult, but it is beautiful. It is a service to society, to humanity, to yourself, and uh, it is exciting. And that is why I highly recommend it, <laughs> despite the fact that it doesn't pay very well. Throughout this time, did you have a mentor in your life that played an important role? I had a lot of important mentors, and we all need mentors and sponsors and advisors. Let me ask you, uh, I mean, now you are involved in tech transfer, you have a career in science. Tell me, uh, what do you think about having a mentor and how important a mentor has been in your life? I believe having a mentor is amazingly important. You get to incentivize when you feel down. Uh, you get career advice. Someone that has experienced the same difficulties that you have experienced, they can come back to you and say that when I was experiencing this, this is what actually supported me. And uh, someone that you have a good professional relationship with, they can advise you on what, what they feel right would be for you. And uh, for me, it has been amazingly important. And in the role that I am now at Queen Mary University, my manager is actually my mentor. I, I know that I, I can go to her, uh, we can discuss the projects, and um, it is really important for your mentor to actually understand your personality uh, and your dreams and aspirations, and you know that you have someone to go to, uh, professionally and personally. Yeah, I actually... I mentored more than 200 people in my 25 years at the NIH, and I always told them that beyond the mentor, and I want to get an opinion on this, you also need a sponsor, an advisor. Uh, and those change throughout your life and your careers, but also they cannot be the same person because the more people you have that advise you, sponsor you, and mentor you, the better. Uh, can you say something about that? And do you have other people other than your mentor that you get advice from? I think one of them is also Costa Rosatos. <laughs> ah. uh, he's with us in our call, uh, sitting on the background. It has been many times that I have asked for his advice, and he has suggested a number of volunteering initiatives for me. I have got leadership experience from those initiatives. And there are people that come to your life, and they have this mindset of supporting. And um, <clears throat> there are only a few people around us that do this kind of uh, thing. But I think it's always important to acknowledge their support. Uh, and uh, whenever the time comes, we need to mention that they have actually uh, given us help to move forward. And let me ask you another sensitive question, actually, like you did ask me all these difficult questions. Um, you know how we are all so supportive of diversity today. And when I was at the NIH, I actually completely abolished the, the previous administrative structure so that we can promote female scientists in leading positions. Now, you are a, uh, a successful female scientist. Um, have you found this uh, difficult? Uh, uh, and, and what do you think about what's going on right now? How can we, uh, the more established scientists, and Aristia support uh, the issue of diversity and, and promote uh, female scientists and other uh, scientists that are 
uh, have different roles in, in, in their lives. Yeah, I think that um, a number of people, women and men, sometimes in their careers get the imposter syndrome. They don't think that they're good enough for a position. I think that uh, the main important part from our side is to feel strong uh, about what we have achieved today and go to an interview uh, and be comfortable with what we have achieved and, and be able to explain what we think our future would look like. Um, from the employer side and from a network that actually seeks to bring on board scientists with, uh, with a great potential, I think the important part is to be open and have conversations uh, outside of the box. So personally, I never enjoy an interview. For me, it is a really challenging uh, subject to go through. But if it is a friendly discussion, we can understand what are the dreams the dreams of the interviewee, what have they achieved to date and where do they see their, themselves in the future? We can actually um, give, give what um, understand the person and not understand the position. I think this is the most important part in, in hiring someone new. Great. Thank you. Uh, I do want to say a few things uh, before we... Uh, finish uh, for for what we're doing right now in Greece, and actually we'll link it to uh, some of the issues we discussed. Um, so Aristia is a an organization that wants to promote excellence. Ultimately, we want to build a structure, uh, a virtual or a physical structure at some point, that will uh, support science in Greece. Uh, and I took my first step in uh, in doing so by accepting a position to create a new research institute here. I do want to say that Greece is a, 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 an amazing time right now, 200 years after its uh, uh, creation as an independent state, modern independent state, uh, but also emerging from a crisis, a financial crisis and a pandemic crisis. Uh, and it's just ready to move ahead. There's tremendous talent. There's tremendous diversity. Greece had its first uh, female president. Uh, I'm delighted to have uh, a female president of democracy of, of the Republic of Greece. Uh, and, of course, many, many female scientists in leading positions. So it's a society that is being transformed. The opportunities are many. The investment in terms of money and will are there. And the understanding that what we have been doing cannot continue, that in order to move forward and survive in this highly competitive world of the 21st century, things have to change. That understanding is felt in, uh, by everybody now here in Greece. I'm, I'm amazed. I've been here now for two, three weeks. Um, I'm, I'm going to just come back to the States in a couple of weeks. Uh, but uh, this is the longest time I've lived in Greece in many, many years. And I just haven't seen that excitement about what I just said so any time anytime before. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. yeah. You feel that Greece is ready to actually uh, move forward in science and achieve great things? I, I do. I do. I think it, Greece is moving forward uh, in changing a lot of its ways. In science, because there's a tremendous, um, skilled, tremendously skilled workforce that is ready to participate 
uh, in what's going on in science, but also in other fields. It's not just science. It's in commerce, in trade, um, in manufacturing, believe it or not. I mean, Greece is now developing its own high-tech manufacturing. It's a lot of excitement and a lot of skill. It's just uh, a great time to be in Greece right now. I really wish that at some point in the future we can meet there. If there was a perfect setting that uh, we could meet would, and you would be able to bring two guests and uh, we would have any food that we liked and listen to any song that we would have liked, which would those be? Oh, well, you know, my name is Cretan and so it has to be Crete. And it's that amazing place, this island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea that has beautiful mountains from where you can see the five seas of the Mediterranean Sea. And whichever way you look, you see this, this amazing blue. And if you're there eating um, Cretan food, drinking some Cretan raki and listening to this amazing lira, uh, the Cretan music, what else do you want? Yeah. Άκουσε αρετούσα μου τα θλιβερά ματάτα. Ο κύριο με ξόρισε στην ξενιτιά στη στρατά. Τέσσερι μέρε μοναχά μου δώσε ένα νημένο. Κύστερα να ξενιτευτώ, πολύ μακριά να πιένω. Και πώ θα σα αποχωριστώ, και πώ θα σου μακρύνω. Και πώ θα ζήσω, δίχω σου ή το χωρισμό εκείνο. Thank you so much. It has been amazing to have you, and uh, I will soon come back to Greece. But uh, it will be a few years' time until I do that. Thank you, Eleftheria. A huge thank you to Miss Eleftheria Ledakis and Dr. Konstantin Stratakis for this inaugural podcast of Aristia in 30 minutes, where experts talk about excellence. <laughs>